Farm Foundation is an outreach of the Permanent Baptist Churches of DeKalb County. New Bildad Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Seven Springs community on New Bildad Road each Sunday morning at 10.30, Sunday night at 6, and Wednesday night at 6.30. The Mount View Primitive Baptist Church meets in the Shiny Rock community on Old Blue Springs Road each Sunday morning at 10.30. Your speaker today is Elder Joseph Arnold, pastor at the New Bildad Church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. 
in the first three chapters, we've discovered, in the first chapter, we found some of the issues that were plaguing the church at Ephesus that were where Timothy was. Second and third chapter shows what a minister is supposed to look like and the way it's supposed to work, the ministry of the church from top to bottom, and how Timothy was supposed to behave himself in the house of God. In the fourth chapter, we find some other things that seem to be plaguing this church. And uh, by the way, these two seem like they fit here together in our day. We'll begin at verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking in lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now the first thing we'll be able to take note of here in this, these first two is something that will be repeated to Timothy in 2 Timothy, then these latter times, they're going to be troubles that you're going to have to deal with, Timothy. Things that are not true, they're promoted to be okay. One thing I will say, a lot of people consider this and the way he says in 2 Timothy that in latter days, perilous times shall come. They view it as a prophecy. And there is a case where they have continued to seduce worse and worse. Things have gotten worse and worse because man's sin is almost like a steamrolling snowball going downhill. It's picking up pace, isn't it? But man's not getting any better because he's still got sin nature and it's progressively probably gotten worse. But these were things that Timothy was going to have to deal with and it's things that the church will always have to deal with. His doctrines, they're not true. Dealing with things that are in the church, they can harm the church. And the church is always under attack. For many, many, for the last 2,000 years, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been under persecution. And that's the way it is. Why it's always going to be. Until the Lord comes again. The church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth. Do you agree with that? Well, if the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of the truth, and the devil does not want you to know the truth, there's going to be a constant battleground that we're going to have to have take in this war. And he tells Timothy to war good warfare. And the church that he's at, he wrote the book of Ephesians and said, take the whole armor of God. So that we're at war, and it's not the war against flesh and blood or anything like that. It's the war against the truth. And it's the war for your mind. Do you get that? Let's take a look and see what the further issues are with this church at Ephesus that Timothy's going to have to deal with. Verse 3. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. Do you hear that in the world that you live in today? The Christian marriage is under attack. They say it's not necessary. Well, brothers and sisters, in the book of Hebrews, he says that marriageable, marriage is honorable. It's a good thing. It must be a good thing because that's the first thing that Jesus Christ, that the Lord God instituted on this earth. 
because he had Adam and Eve married before the Sabbath day. So it sounds like it's pretty important to God, doesn't it? Because God created it. He created marriage for you. The marriage has been desecrated in this nation of late, but it appears it was under attack in Timothy's day. What's the answer? Well, the answer, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us what the Christian home is supposed to look like. The third chapter of Colossians tells you the same thing in a smaller detail. The answers to all of this is found in God's Word. In the day that they were referring to in this thing, to abstain from meats. That's because they believed that that was in part, partially that was God. They created everything out of himself instead of speaking it into existence. Well, God created all the things that we see by speaking it into existence, and they're made for our benefit. Whatever you eat, you should take it with thanksgiving. In New Testament church, I am thankful to report to you that bacon is still on, is now on the list. It wasn't on the Jewish list because it was considered an unclean beast. But I am thankful that the Lord has provided us things to eat. And that's how we ought to view it. So, and my friends, I'm going to tell you this. If the Christian home and churches falter, the church will falter shortly after. See, I'm going to tell you, before things are better at God's house, they've got to improve in our house. And what does that mean? That means that we should instill in these children, which I'm thankful they're here and we've been studying things on Wednesday night, instill them with the truth of salvation by sovereign grace. And that's an important truth. I love grace. How about you? Grace is free. I love that. I love that idea that grace is free. But we also need to teach Christian responsibilities, Christian home. What the Word of God is, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. His great commission to His apostles and the apostles down to the church, teach the things that Jesus Christ said to do. How we ought to live. And I want to tell you something. I've said this before. Jesus raised the stakes in the Christian living because He was taking the things that they learned in the law and say, if you think on those things, you're guilty. If you call your brother worthless, if you can look at a woman lustfully, you've committed those sins. If you've thought about it. And Avery Land said that a lot of times he'd done thought before he could think not the thought. And that plagues all of us, doesn't it? In all those situations. So going beyond just... The forbidding to marry and abstain from meats. Earlier in the chap in the first chapter, he talks about how one that had not believed in the resurrection that had already passed, had been turned away from the church. How they were talking about their lineage more than Jesus Christ. Well, folks, these things can still plague a church. The key for Timothy was to make sure they kept the doctrine true. And we're going to talk about how that happens. And I've used the last of this church on a lot of sermons in a lot of ways. And we'll be there in just a moment. Verse 6. 
If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Put them in remembrance. What do you think that refers to? What do you think that means? We talked about it Wednesday night. How that we should have our minds renewed. Take the things that you have been that you have learned and renew them in your mind regularly. So he's telling Timothy for those people that are at Ephesus to put them in remembrance of these things. Think about it like this. How many of us, myself included, remember every sermon you've ever heard? I ain't hear anybody say amen. We come to this place and hear another sermon to hear more about Jesus. We hear things that we've heard before. I never get tired of hearing salvation by grace. How about you? We should not forget those things. But Paul himself said they shall not to declare unto them the whole counsel of God. But sometimes we need to hear it again and read it again and hear it again so we can keep it in our minds fresh. Think about it in this way. Sister Carolyn back there is a pretty good cook, and my wife is too. Cook a lot of meals. And I've seen them at times not measure what they're putting in. Why is that? They've done it before. They know what it looks like. They know what should be in there. And they've done it so many times, it's just become second nature. Well, my friends, we ought to view God's Word and be at His house, hear the Word preached, so we can do the same thing spiritually. We know what it looks like because we're doing it again. We know what it sounds like because we're hearing it again. We've read the Word of God. We need to see if we can find the sense of it and know what true doctrine looks like because it's constantly under fire by different things. There are different things that plague different children of God. That's the way it is. But refuse profane and old wives' fables. Now, I'm going to use this illustration of them cooking again. And y'all can even answer anybody that's ever cooked this before. How many of you have ever put sugar in fried chicken? How many of you put cake mix on a fish? Refuse the things that don't belong in it. What do you think? We should avoid putting things in where it doesn't belong. Those old wives' fables and profane sayings have no place in God's Word and no place in God's ministry and no place in His church. Don't add things that the Word of God does not support. Don't add things to the recipe that doesn't call for it because you will in, you'll invariably ruin it. And we don't want the church ruined. How about you? All right, let's, look, let's read on. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that is now and that which is to come. Now, I will say that there is a place for bodily exercise, and as you can tell, I don't do enough of it. But it won't do you good all the time. It will do you good for a little while, but eventually that can fade away. Give you an example. I, have loved, I love watching football. I've watched a lot of football in my time. Those men trained and trained and did exercises throughout. Peyton Manning's retired. 
because his body broke down. And other people, I mean, it becomes time when your body just does not do what it once did. Just be honest. There's a big difference. I'm sure everybody in here that's the older can tell the difference maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, what you can, could do then and what you can do now. But these things that you will learn in God's house are always good for you and be something that you can keep until your dying day. That's why it tells us in the book of Ecclesiastes, the last chapter, remember now the days thy creator in the days of thy youth. While you're able to read it and understand it and see it well, absorb as much as possible. Because it even talks about, in the next verses after that, of getting older. And one of the things is, you don't see as well as you used to. See, I'll give you an example of that. Ellen Lynn Russell was a preacher in Dixon. Many of you knew him. He was legally blind for as long as I've ever known him. But he was very well read in the scriptures. When he was able, he would listen. When he was able to see it, some, he would read it. And then when his eyesight got poorer, he could still sing number 414. Didn't even have to look at it. Jesus, thou art a sinner's friend. He knew it because he had done it so many times. These things are profitable all the time while you're able take them in. While you can absorb what is said is in preaching, the Word of God being read, study it yourself, and when the days come that your eyesight's not as good and your body doesn't work as it's used to, these things can still be in your mind. Verse 9, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially the, of those that believe. These things command and teach. Why do we labor? Why do we labor in this kingdom? Why do we come to this church for what purpose? What purpose do we have in trying to worship? We do it because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men. Now, what does that mean, the Savior of all men? If anybody goes to heaven, it's because of Jesus Christ. Anybody that's up there, it's because of what he did. Not because of what you did. Not because somebody led you to him. But because he went to the cross of Calvary, and Jesus paid it all. But there is a salvation in belief. Not eternally, not to put you in heaven. But we may save from error. Saved from disappointments and discouragements. Because Jesus paid it all. That's why we labor. That's our motive. We're trying to live in a way that honors and glorifies Him. Verse 12, let, mo, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. A couple weeks ago, I asked little Ronnie if he was able to be an example to other believers, even though he's younger. My friends, it does not matter your age. You should be an example to one another. Now, Timothy was to be another example because he was a minister. I get that. But can some of these younger folks be example of some of us older folks? It's possible. Now, it does say that the older men should teach the younger men. That's why he told Titus to speak the things that become sound doctrine. So that the aged men shall teach the younger men, the aged women shall teach the younger women... But I've learned a lot from some younger ministers. How about you? I'll give you an example. One of the ones we've had here before is Elder Derek Kitchens. He's not reached 30 yet. 
Yeah, if I live to be August 15th, I'll be 40. But I've learned some good things from Brother Derek Kitchens. How about y'all? Can we learn things from one another regardless of the age? Now, let's be very careful. Let's make sure that we maintain this sound doctrine and instill sound doctrine and sound practice. But I'd be thankful to learn anything from anybody. How about y'all? Sure. To the honor and glory of Him. Honor and glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Sure. So how do we get to where we can do that? That's what we're going to spend the rest of the time on. Till I come and give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. It sounds like the Apostle Paul wants to come and hear some preaching by the preacher Timothy. That's what it sounds like to me, doesn't you? Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy of laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Meditate. Meditate is not necessarily sitting crisscross with your fingers out. Meditating is taking the scriptures and concentrating on what the Word says. Concentrate. Think on these things. Pray that God gives you some understanding. How about that? We read the verse of scripture in the book of James recently to ask God for wisdom. When's the last time you asked God for wisdom? When's the last time we asked Him to help us understand what the Word of God says? And think on those things and see where the connections are. See where the Scriptures flow from one to the next. Now, Timothy's thing, he had to let his profiting appear to all. Another thing, words, the things he learns, he's supposed to present in the pulpit. But if you've learned something, can you present it to one another? Can you learn something new and present it to your children, to those in the workplace, to those here in this church that may have not known it before? Should we learn new things in the Word of God? How about, let's ask that. Do you think you should learn new things in the Word of God and meditate on those things? If you learn something new, can you share it with somebody? Meditate on these things. Meditate on them. Think on them. Concentrate on them. Look for the con connections. What is this going to do? Verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. That is, of course, not eternal salvation. That's the salvation for the here and now. Timothy, you need to take heed unto the doctrine. Uh, you build that church, it would do well for you to do the same thing. Know what the doctrine is. And I'm going to say all the doctrine. You know, a lot of people, when they think about doctrine, they think about doctrines of grace and all those things. We need to meditate on the doctrines of the practice in the church. I believe our church practice is correct. But if it were not, we need to see why it is or isn't. Take it under the doctrines of the Christian home, the doctrines of what is required of us. It's a... See, doctrine, the word doctrine is teaching. That's what it means. Strong's Concordance calls, says doctrine, teaching. What are we going to teach? Word of God. What are we going to learn? Word of God. What are we going to find out? Well, so we're going to find out what the Word of God says, and in it, by God's grace, maybe we'll act on it. Because sometimes I'm going in the wrong direction. I may need to turn around and repent. And even if I'm going in the right direction, maybe I need some encouragement to keep on. Have you ever... The, word, the scriptures say, 
be not weary in well-doing. Have you ever been weary? Can we get weary? Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this shalt shall both save thyself and them that hear thee. We just said let the, thy profiting appear to all. And said that we could let our profiting appear to those around us. Those in our homes. You could save your, our children and our grandchildren from the pitfalls that the devil will lay. It's very important for the ministry to be able to do that. I get that. But it would be great if our parents could do it too. The things that we learn here, we can pass along. Or even be as the Bereans were in the book of Acts. And then they search the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so. Just don't take my word for it. See if the word of God lines up with what I preach to you. I challenge you to do that. This sermon is being put on Facebook right now. You can go back and listen to it again. Make sure it is accurate with the Word of God. Because you can save yourself. If I'm in there, you can come save me. Save me from error. You see, that's, the, that's been what the key of the whole book of 1 Timothy has been. Is errors that are plaguing the Ephesus church. Timothy needs to deal with it. He's a minister there to do that. So who is Timothy trying to save? Save himself from error and save the Ephesian church from those errors. That's the key. That's who he's writing to. He's writing to Timothy, a minister of the gospel. And sometimes us gospel ministers do need some saving, don't we? Sometimes you need to be saved from error as well. That's why we have to renew our mind regularly. When we present our bodies of living sacrifice, we need to see if our motives are even right. Have you ever had trouble with your motives being wrong? Well, I don't want to tell you, I have. Serving God with another reason? We shouldn't serve God for any other reason except that He's worthy. Right, if any glory, let Him glory in the Lord. So the exhortation in our last three verses, don't neglect the truth, meditate on the truth, and take heed unto the truth. And the results are salvation from errors that can kill a church. That's why there's a no-build-that church around the road that no longer meets. Because error divided it. There are many primitive Baptist churches that no longer meet for that self-same reason. Error destroys churches. Do you get that? So let's be careful to preach the things that become sound doctrine. Why? He is worthy. He's worthy of the best we got. And the best we got is sound doctrine. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.
Thank you for listening to the Firm Foundation. If you'd like more information about the Primitive Baptist Churches of this area, you can email me, newbuildedpbc at gmail.com. Join us next week to hear another Bible-based message on the Firm Foundation.